This is Town Square Sunday On Demand. And now, 1420 WBSM's Jim Phillips. We say hello this morning to Jack Spillane. Jack, of course, is a columnist for New Bedford Light, the online newspaper covering stories in New Bedford and surrounding communities. You can read Jack's work at newbedfordlight.org. And good morning. Good morning, Jim. See you again. Well, as we uh, come in this morning, another controversy involving the Ward 3 city councilor. New Bedford High School students protested memes shared on Facebook by councilor, newly elected councilor, Sean Oliver, uh, calling them hateful and transphobic. I want to make clear, um, the sharing of those postings happened before the election. Uh, Two to four years before. Okay, two to four years before. Uh, We should understand that. You wrote uh, forcefully about Oliver's postings and the protest, praising the actions of the students. I have to ask you, did the voters make the wrong choice here? Oh, no, I wouldn't go that far. Um, I I think um, Sean Oliver has had an introduction to public life that many people who have not been in public life don't know what the glare of the spotlight is like. And certainly if you run for public office, anything that you've done that has been on social media, um, online... Um, tends to live forever, uh, and he did not take them down anyway. Um, uh, I think that I think it was a fine moment for the students. The students exercised their constitutional right. They felt strongly about an issue. Um, I was struck when I went up to the protest by how different it was from when I'm in high school. There were many students who were um, addressing in a variety of ways that uh, uh, were not traditional gender ways, um, and uh, they're very comfortable with um, LGBTQ issues, at least the students who were at the protests, uh, not all of whom were LGBTQ. Some of them were their friends and supporters. And they felt that the post that, that Sean had, had um, posted, perhaps in, in the days before he intended to be a public figure, and, and I agree with them. They were demeaning posts. Uh, I agree. Um, Oliver did apologize in a statement that was released this week, this past week. Uh, does he need to apologize to the students face-to-face? I wish he had done that when he was in the city council chambers with them. For some reason, he did not seem to want to do it. He was edging toward it, where he said that he perhaps he was insensitive. Um, he, he was insensitive to anybody who would be LGBTQ. Um, I think it's better if he had done it that way. It probably would be good if he still did it that way. Um, I understand that any kind of politician wants to control their message, so they prepare um, a, a message where they can say exactly what they want to say and no more, no less. But I think the students are looking for something a little um, more um, organic, uh, shall we say, and um, I don't see any reason why he, he shouldn't do that. He has offered to uh, sit down with them and talk to them. Well, let's hope that he follows through uh, with that. Now, it isn't often that you see elected officials criticize other elected officials. It's kind of the unwritten rule of politics. Uh, If you don't have anything good to say about your fellow office holder, just don't say anything. Uh, But Oliver's reactions certainly did generate uh, a reaction from his colleagues. You reported on it. So... um I understand uh, why people don't want to uh, uh, criticize their colleagues in a derogatory way. 
I do think they have to be able to criticize them when there is a serious issues at hand. They can do it respectfully. They can say, you know, um, I want to give my colleague the benefit of the doubt, but I found their post reprehensible. Um, and I think that, that my colleagues should address that. Um, they chose not to do that. I think the, the city council in particular takes that too far. I do think they need to be courteous and respectful when they disagree or when they uh, point, even pointedly criticize them, as would be the case in this case or the case with when um, former city councilor Yu Dunn had his um, uh, charges um, regarding motor vehicle accident. Um, but I think that there are instances where they need to be uh, uh, addressed. Another one was when Brian Gomes was um, uh, fired by the hospital for um, sexual harassment, which he is still fighting as a appeal to the Supreme Judicial Court. He is has a right to do that, and uh, it's not completely decided until he does. But I think when you have cases like this, the council has a responsibility for the confidence of the public and the state reps also to say, we are concerned about these issues. We think that the individual should address them publicly. Councilor Hugh Dunn, outside of court, never addressed his, his issues. Um, I, I don't think that's right, and I think it undermines the public's confidence in government. So that leads to the next question. Uh, is the, um, what's the public's confidence in Sean Oliver? Now, it's early. I mean, this, this all just really unfolded. And I think the public is still trying to figure it out. But um, how much will all of this hurt him politically? Time will tell. We, we really don't know yet. Um, the news came out at the very end of the election, the Friday before the Tuesday election. He won anyway. He, he was elected despite voters knowing. There was some early voting that took place before um, that. Um, I think we don't really know yet. I think we'll have a better idea in the fall to see how that election goes. Sean Oliver was a popular candidate. He um, came from nowhere, not being known, to, to finishing first in the, both the preliminary and the final elections. He, um, he does not have a day job. He works evenings in the, at 12 to 8 shift at the state prison up in Cedar Junction. And so he had the ability to go door to door. Other candidates who are not busy in the day also had the ability to, to go to the door to do it. Nobody did that better than Charles Oliver, maybe Paul Harrow back last year in the sheriff's race. So I think the voters um, liked what they saw. He's a very engaging fellow. Um, I don't approve of what those posts uh, uh, did, and I think he needs to address that maybe even more fully. But um, there are uh, certainly positive things to have been said about his candidacy, too. Um, do you believe he has a political problem? I think, he, I think he needs to address it a little further, yes. Um, I think that um, we really need to have a discussion um, in the community about um, historic stereotypes and jokes that would be made about LGBTQ people and whether that day is past, uh, whether it ever should have been to begin with, but it, it certainly is past now. And um, that jokes that you may think are funny to share with your buddies or, or whoever are not funny and they are hurtful to people, and it was predictable that they would have been hurtful to people. I, I, I can't absolve him of you know saying I, I had no idea that they would have been hurtful. I think most people with common sense would know that, I mean, there were some of the memes that were so crude that no, I think one publication has published, but, but they, they, were, they were pretty pretty rough. You're listening to Town Square Sunday. I'm Jim Phillips, Jack Spillane, columnist for 
New Bedford Light is my guest. You can read Jack's work at newbedfordlight.org. The first group to announce Oliver's postings was the Coalition for Social Justice. As we know, uh, the coalition endorsed Oliver's opponent, Carmen Amaral, uh, during the election, and uh, this was this was made public. The whole incident was made public, really, just days before the election. Um, are you sure the coalition had nothing to do with all of this? Now we have asked members of the coalition if they organized or had anything to do with a rally at the high school, and they vehemently denied it over and over again. I'm told. Um, how about yourself? You're, you're a guy who can see both sides of the coin here. What about you? So the coalition has said both to the New Bedford Light and to other publications that they had nothing to do with that. I like to take people at their word until evidence uh, to the contrary. Um, I do have a little bit of a skeptical um, uh, frame of mind about it. There was the mother who helped the student put out the original post. I don't have any objection to that. Um, high school kids are often helped by their parents, you know, with different yeah, aspects no, I, of, that, of something. But there was one thing that worried me, and that there was a, a third party beyond the mother who read um, the um, uh, press release before it was released, and that person was not identified. That raised my eyebrow a little bit. I'd like to know more about who that person was. Um, I would say that even if the coalition had done this, I think that they're well within their rights to do it. They are a political group. Uh, they have a long history of working for various candidates, most recently uh, Sheriff Haro. Before that, um, Molly Pollock when she was on the school committee, Shane Burgo when he was elected to the city council. Um, they're a conservative and, and progressive groups in the city. They, they work for various candidates. I think it's a distraction to say that, oh, this is all about the Coalition for Social Justice. I don't think it's about them, but if they did do it, I think they should own up to it. Um, uh, we'll have to see. Yeah, I suppose that in some in May come I, up, I, mean, I, 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 I do think that the people who said that these kids don't know their own minds are overstating it a little bit. Um, I went up with these kids. These kids, high school is very different than when you and I went, Jim. Yeah. These kids are very comfortable with themselves. They have their own mind about these issues. Um, they they felt strongly about it. And if you saw the MEMS, they were pretty offensive. Yes, I did see yeah. some that were, were published. I, uh, I didn't see the original postings, but I yeah. did see some that were published. Um, on election night, I'm going to break away from the Sean Oliver topic. But on election night, residents of Tabor Mills, after years of being able to vote in their own building, were not able to vote, ye- vote there. Uh, I think it was for this election and maybe the one prior, I'm not sure. Um, the precincts were moved to another location. And uh, they were moved to the Holy Name Parish Center, which uh, obviously made it very tough for residents, elderly residents at Tabor Mills, to somehow get a ride, if they didn't have a car, to get a ride and go vote. Um, how did that happen? I know you wrote an article about it, you explained it. But really, it was the state that made that decision. The state made the decision to change what precinct um, Tabor Mill was is in. The city made the decision not not to put the polling precinct there. Okay. So uh, I think this is one of the saddest instances of voting um, discouragement that I've seen in the city of New Bedford in the two decades that I've been here. Um, 
the people who worked those polls were as discouraged as anybody because they had seen that precinct fall from more than 100 voters, as many as 150, they told me, to 15 in, in the final election, 19 in the preliminary, just collapsed. Now, uh, the city did provide a van. You can say people could have, talked, could have taken the van. I talked to a couple of people. They said, it's stormy, I could slip. I don't want to do that. Bad weather day, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, so it is difficult. The, uh, the, the holy name precinct is two blocks up the hill and about seven or eight blocks south. It's a good distance. So nobody who is elderly or disabled is, is walking that easily. What's more, you have a precinct for 2A, which is an entirely different ward, and it's no, no longer contiguous with, with the state's redistricting, which is the real cause of the problem, um, holding their um, voting in the building, and yet the people who live in the building can't vote there. They just needed a way to fix it. They didn't. They didn't find it last year for the city election. They have not found found it through um, the state election, rather, last year. They have not found it for the preliminary election or the final. I think Manny DiBrito has to find a solution. Um, he keeps saying, well, it's hard because you're going to have to move other precincts if because you can only have two precincts there. And if, if you moved 3D, which is the Holy Name precinct, down to Tabor Mill, you would have to move one of the other precincts away, and then, then somebody else would have to move a precinct away. Well, th- these things should all have been thought about before the election, in my opinion. Yeah. I do think that they were a little sleepy when it comes to uh, people say, well, if you want to vote, you'll vote. Yes, but this is an elderly and a disabled population. Um, I think that they have that those are good places for the precincts. They had a good voting record before they took it out. Now they don't. Yeah, that's uh, that's a shame. I I would hope that uh, some solution could be found because that's a real problem. Yeah, he he does say he's working on a solution. One proposal is to do early voting there, um, where they wouldn't vote on election day, but at least they could vote right. ahead of time. Um, there there are some. Things to that, too, because then would you have to do early voting in other parts of the city if you did it there? And would you have to allow other precincts in if you're doing early voting? So it, it's a complicated subject, but they, they need to fix it, what in else my opinion. Is, yeah, me too. What else is going on at the light? What days? else is going on at the light? Well, we've, we've been doing a lot um, lately. Uh, uh, we've begun to do more day-to-day reporting. Uh, our first year, we, we, we concentrated more on investigative which we're continuing, but as our staff has grown, we've begun to do a little bit more day-to-day reporting. You may have noticed uh, stories we had this week about um, uh, the city is going back for a second effort to build a North End Elementary School. Um, we had a good story on the problems with um, the wind turbine companies wanting to withdraw from their agreements with the state because it's gotten more expensive now to buy the components and ship them out and build them out. Uh, so we've had those stories um, this week. Um, I had something else I wanted to talk about, and it's slipping my uh, mind. Food banks, I think. The, the food, food bank. bank um, yeah. This, I think, is going to be a story that's going to stay with us in New Bedford for a while. SNAP because, benefits. Or? Because the SNAP benefits that were increased, greatly increased, during the pandemic are ending. People are accustomed to that. A lot of people are back to work, but a lot of people struggle to get food to begin with. And now those people who have had a good two, two or three years are going to be back. Uh, the food pantries um, are saying that they really expected to be exponentially increasing over the next few months, and I hope the city is able to step up. My guest has been Jack Spillane, columnist for New Bedford Light. Jack, thanks for coming in. Uh, We'll talk with you soon. Always a pleasure, Jim. 
Stay with us. Town Square Sunday continues in just a moment. 